Welcome to audio from Ballyhalbert Gospel Hall. Listen in as we open God's Word and share how it should impact our lives. We hope it blesses you. Um, I wrote down here, let's hope that there's enough kids. And recently in work, because I'm the youngest in the office, I'm being referred to as a child. So I'm counting myself as a kid tonight. Um, the admin was saying about getting new supplies, and in the middle of that said she's going to buy me some Play-Doh. So, yep. Anyway, show of fans. Who likes football? Uh, there's plenty of fans in here who like football. The Johnsons like football. I know, they're massive Liverpool fans as well, but the hands aren't going up. So, come on, David. Hand up. No? Well, then. Um, so, anyway, I'm going to have a few things I'm going to show you, okay? I got a wee... Blue bag here, it says Banger, Chamber of Commerce. Some guy handed to me in the street last week, each, each of their own. So I'm going to pull out a shirt, if I can find it. There we go. What team is this? Shout it out, if you know. Tottenham. Tottenham. Okay, so Tottenham, um, before I say Tottenham, just uh, if we a quick prayer request for Curtis, not because he's speaking tonight, because he actually supports Tottenham. Um, as I left this evening for church, I think half an hour in, they were 3-0 down, so yeah. There's actually um, there's a lot of tears in this, Curtis, are you okay? That's grand. So who can tell me who um, plays up front for Tottenham? His first name's Harry. What's his surname? Anyone know it? Harry Styles. You're close, but no. <laughs> Harry Kane, Harry Kane earns around, in this, wait for this, £200,000 a week. That's a lot of money. To get that in a week, I think for a lot of us, you know, to work, to get £200,000, you'd have to work for a long, long time. So, 200000 So, we can put this away as it's drenched in tears. So. My favourite... Liverpool. Um, if any of the kids tonight don't at the end of the service come to me and say they support Liverpool, then the door's there. So just remember that. So Liverpool. Um, as you might know, I love them. One of the best teams in the world. Their highest paid player is Virgil van Dijk. 220,000 a week. So 20,000 pounds more than Tottenham's highest paid player. So 220,000 a week. Imagine what you could buy with that. Again, more money than most of us might see. Well, throughout your whole life you might earn that, but imagine being you know, primary school thinking, I want to be a footballer who earns £220,000 a week. That is crazy. And you sort of think, who needs that money? But it gets better. Sorry, I got Man United mixed up with toilet roll, you know. Um, there's not much difference between them, um, you know. Can both be used in the bathroom, but we'll say no more. Um, Aaron, I don't think that fits you anymore. Um, I think this might be too big for you. So yeah, so Man United, again, they recently got a very big player back to their club. 
and that is Ronaldo, and Ronaldo is earning £510,000 a week. Nearly, basically half a million a week. Again, imagine having that with, earning that a week, you know, within two months, or within a month, you know, there's around two million pounds. Just like that, incredible, you know, flying around his private jets, you can have all the cars you want, massive mansions. Incredible. I honestly, I don't know what I would do with, you know, half a million a week. You couldn't, you couldn't count it, you couldn't spend it in your lifetime, you're getting that a week. But, last but not least, Barcelona, and again, I think we all know, who, you know this club as well, and one of the biggest clubs in the world who have dominated Europe for many years, and recently they had a footballer who's recently left, and I'm sure even if you don't like football, you've all heard of, it was Lionel Messi. Now, Messi's recently moved club, and for all those uh, young ones out there as well who follow football, you know that he's moved to PSG now, who are obviously a massive club with the money they have. But before Messi was going to leave Barcelona, do you know how, how much they were going to offer him? Does anyone want to guess per week? A million? That was close. 1.13 million pound a week. You imagine that. And is any wonder Barcelona's in a lot of debt now for the money they're paying? But imagine Lionel Messi, 1.13 million a week. If I got given one million pound, would even rest my life? You know, it's life-changing. But a week? What, what would you spend that on? You would lose track of it so much. You just sort of think, with all that money, you can buy multiple private jets, multiple houses, multiple cars, you can go anywhere you want. It basically sounds like the perfect life. Um, you might be wondering where I'm going with all these football shirts and Man United, but I'll get to this. In the Bible, in Luke chapter 15, there's a parable called the prodigal son. A parable, uh, a good way to think of it, is basically it's a short earthly story, but it has a heavenly meaning. So the parable of the prodigal son, we can read from verse 11. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his valor, Valor, give me the share of property that is coming with coming to me. So this son, saying that he's going to get all these earnings from his father, and he thinks, happy days. I can take this, all this, and spend it on what I want. I can do what I want now. I'm going to have so much fun. So not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into the far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. So basically, he's got his earnings, his father's earnings went, all right, see it, I'm away. And you know, imagine he's um, the local lad from your chip being clocky. His dad gives all his earnings. He takes himself off to Belfast and goes, happy days. I'm going to live the high life now. You know, it took a long journey. So we see in verse 14, when he spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. Now, just imagine, you know, Ronaldo or Messi or Harry Kane or Virgil van Dijk, any of these footballers, do you think if they lost all their money, they would want to go work, in a, work on a farm, working in mud with pigs? I don't think so. Absolutely not. But this, this son of this father, he was so careless of what he had. And basically, 
he started getting really fed up of working on a dirty farm with dirty, smelly animals. And he was also very paranoid, as we've seen, and he had no money, which just sort of sounds like it really sucks, doesn't it? From going to live in high life to being right in the dirt, right in the bottom of life. So in verse 17, we read, when he came to himself, he said, how many, oh, have I missed a bit? No, I haven't. How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here of hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. So here we see the son basically, he's went, you know what? I've had enough of the pigs and the smelly animals and being poor and hungry. I'm going to go back to my daddy and basically say sorry. Um, you might be thinking, you know, your son's taking all your money. And now he wants to come back because he knows he's messed up. Nah, just stay away. But no. So when he arose and came to his father, he was a long way off. His father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. So you imagine, hasn't seen his son in years. He's been off basically partying like crazy. And yet, instead of being angry, he saw his son, and he just ran to him with open arms, probably gave him a massive hug. He's so happy to see his son again after so long. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his head and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. How incredible is that? After all the wrong that the son did towards his father, you know, spending all his earnings, which these earnings his father's probably had all his life and probably worked very hard for. You imagine, you imagine your parents gave you a hundred pound. A hundred pound as a kid, that's an awful lot. But imagine you spent it all on silly stuff and actually don't even have it. And you think, they're going to be so angry at me. What have I done? I can't go back home. I can't tell them. But instead, you go back home and your parents go, it's okay. I'm just so happy that to see you again. Or I'm so happy that you're okay, despite what you've done. So the last few verses in verse 25. Now, the son, the other son of the father, remember there was two. He was in the field and he came near to the house. He heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Did you never give me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends? But when this son of yours came, who's deferred your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you're always with me, and all that time is yours. It was so fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this, your brother, was dead, and he is alive. He is lost and is found. So we can see here his other brother was quite a wee bit jealous, the fact that his son just went, being very disobedient to his father, by taking himself off to the, the big city, spending all his money and earnings, um, I'm basically not getting punished for it, while the other sons worked so hard. Um, it's a bit like me, you know, working so hard in the house, and then Sarah, who'd been lived with us, didn't do an awful lot. 
but what can you do about it? You know, I'm not jealous. Um, basically, what I can tell you about this is that the father was still proud of his other son because he always stayed with him. And the cause of celebration, because the prodigal son had returned from being lost, from going out partying, doing whatever he wanted, to blowing all his father's money, and felt so sorry for what he'd done, and asked his father to forgive him, and he came back to him. So I think that's pretty incredible, but I can tell you someone who is an even bigger father, and that is the Lord our God. He sent Jesus Christ in his, into this world to die for our sins. He suffered on a cross for us, um, so we can be forgiven of our sin. So imagine well, all those footballers can buy their private jets, you know, have all their expensive clothing, their mansions, their fast sports cars, go on holiday, all their jewelry, new technology. They might have everything they want in the world. And a lot of us might think, oh, I'd love to be a footballer, earn that much money. But you know what? What some, a lot of them don't have is that they don't have Jesus in their life. And that's the biggest thing of all, because you can't buy forgiveness from God, despite what people might tell you. No matter how much you have, it will mean nothing because at the end of the day, we need forgiveness from our sin so that when we die, we go to heaven and not hell. And as it says here, uh, how the father mentioned about his son being lost but found, that's like us. These footballers could be lost in the world of all their belongings and earnings. But by asking Jesus in their heart for forgiveness, which I have done and many people here have done, we have been found again by God's grace and his love. And when we go to heaven, God's going to welcome us with big, massive, open arms. He's going to welcome us because we've repented of our sin and asked for forgiveness and because he loves us and because he sent us one and only son to die on the cross. So just think, remember, you might, might have all the fancy, the fancy gear, the fancy you know, gadgets and technology and cars and everything, but what's really more important is that when we you know, leave from this earth, we're going to have God. I think that's pretty amazing. So I'll just uh, close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you so much that we can be here tonight. And Lord, please, kids, Lord, just um, let it open their hearts, Lord, how amazing you are and that you are the best gift anyone can receive. And you're the best possession, Lord, that we can, we can have, Lord. And we can just never thank you enough that despite all the wrong things we do, Lord, you, know, you still are there for us. And Lord, uh, no matter how much we have in our life, Lord, it isn't enough if we don't have you. And we just pray, Lord, that you'll continue to watch over us, Father, and you'll just keep us safe tonight, Lord, and just pray for Curtis as he comes to give us our talk later, Lord. Ask all these things in your name, Father. Amen.